What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big Mm -hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am your journeyman, Jay. Ooh, and together we are going to be joined by some amazing guests. Uh, we love these guys. We're going to talk about some really, really cool topics. So I'm going to kick it over to Jay to do the introductions. Well, we are joined today by with Dustin and Ryan from the Houndstooth Podcasting Houndstooth Podcasting so Network. So close. Sorry. Um, the Coon Hunting Confidentials. And welcome, guys. Welcome. Howdy, welcome, howdy. Welcome. It's hey, actually Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. What did I say? Dustin, you said Dustin. I read it in Dustin. reverse. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Dustin, Dustin's he missing. Just, he just had to dip out, You man. literally have or, one job or. on this show. I do all the <laughs> scripts. I do all the editing. I do all the publishing. <laughs> one job. And, ah, hey, it's okay. I, I, Almost got her. I, 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 Hey, man, like he told y'all the other week, like he told you, he said, you don't know everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we just did an episode with you guys. Uh, they're going to come out we- probably weeks apart, but uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. So make sure everybody at home to go check that out. Uh, I'm sure I've already shared it to all of our social medias and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But please go give these guys, everybody deserves it. Give them a like, a share, and a five-star review. Only five stars. If it's not five, it's nothing. Right. If you ain't first, you're last. And I came, I came in about halfway through that interview, so I didn't get to hear the whole thing. So I'm looking forward to listening to it. But the half I did get to listen to is pretty fun and entertaining, especially at the end when you were sharing your uh, – well, no, I guess that was off air. Never mind. We'll keep that to ourselves. You're sharing your Ivor you know, story. Oh, no, that was on air. Was that on air? Okay. Yeah, we, we got that recorded. Oh, good. So the episode with y'all going to come out on the 25th of January. So, so be, two weeks before. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Right. I was going to jump in, though, and tell you that I have a similar story to that. So maybe at the end of this one, we'll get into that as your ivermectin story. Oh. Oh, I got to hear it now. <laughs> but, yeah, we had a lot of fun with you guys. But you have some really interesting topics we're going to talk about tonight. And we're just going to kind of have the general fun with it like we always do. Uh, so it, the floor is for you guys. However you want to do this, we're pretty easy going when it comes to these things. All right. You lead the way, Daniel. All right. Well, my name is Daniel Felker, and, uh, man, we do a podcast. It's Coon Hunting Confidentials. We're, we're, I'm a coon hunter. I've been coon hunting since I was 11, and I'm 42 now, so I've been coon hunting oh, right at 30, a little over 30 years, about to be 43. And, uh, you know, I, if anybody listens to when we were on the, the Appalachian Intelligence talking with them guys, you know, I kind of mentioned um, – the, the wreck I was in when I was a kid, I was eight years old. And what I failed to mention is because I'm a freaking idiot 
is that when I was 11 and I started coon hunting, coon hunting filled a void or a gap in my life that was created through that wreck. So it kind of became like therapy almost. Mm-hmm. It, I grabbed, um, when I went that first night, I knew I wanted to coon hunt for the rest of my life. And and so far, I'm on track to do that, and I plan on coon hunting until I damn die. <laughs> Might even die coon hunting. If I go, if I do, I die coon hunting. Y'all say he went out with his boots on, and that would be my ideal way to go. Literally, he couldn't get them off. <laughs> I know I'll die fishing. I've almost died fishing uh, eight times. I don't know. Hey. You ain't so, having much fun if you ain't almost sinking a boat or something like that. Oh, I've almost been dragged to the ocean by a hammerhead shark. Almost been struck by lightning several times. Dang. Yeah. Oh, yes. Good times. Good times. Good times. And so uh, Ryan started coon hunting with me. Uh, I was in my early 20s. Ryan was in his early teens. and Yeah, I was like 12, 13 years old. How old are you now? 31. And I'm 42, so that's what, 11, 12 years, something like that. So, uh that's, he started hunting with me as as a teenager, and we just kind of been been coon hunting back and forth ever since. Boys like tight, even outside of coon hunting. Yeah, every like through our weird life moments. Oh, yeah. You know, we've kind of some crazy moments. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are was, a trio. You're, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are a trio. Um, Dustin, like I said, he had to leave. He's actually the one who got me. Listening to podcasts. I still don't listen to podcasts, really. Yeah, he does a damn podcast and don't listen to podcasts. But I kind of like, I guess he didn't really know what we was getting into. When we got into this, Dustin, I don't think Dustin really knew. I kind of threw the idea out there. It's like, and I'll tell you how it all came about. It all came about from Tony Merkel. And if you ever talk to him, tell him I'm trying to get his ass on my show. (laughs) Because it was the whole coon hunting um dog man thing in kentucky yep okay when i heard that that was like i already knew i wanted like i was i had already become addicted to listening to podcasts i started listening to like all the the hunting ones dog hunting podcasts there are out there then i branched out and started listening to like conspiracy theory stuff i started listening to like sam triple e the temple hat um blurry creatures is probably my favorite podcast to listen to we're we talking about 12 hours a day all right so the interview uh-huh. is actually uh, over uh because you said blurry creatures <laughs> uh, oh, man. that's the one we've been battling out with for our top spot really yeah i'm just picking on you uh <laughs> oh, okay. no so that's the one that literally uh so we're both in the nature category and that's yeah. who we keep knocking each other off for the top spot in the nature category oh so i've I'll never even talked to the guys sports. and we always pick on them <laughs> I put hours in the sports wilderness, and so that's yeah. kind of the category we were we were into because I just kind of went off what the other coon hunting shows were. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of knew I was listening to all these different podcasts, uh, the Confessionals with Tony Merkel, and I listened to that episode, and I was like, "That's it," because I'm like, "Man, I'm a coon hunter, and I want to hear." those coon hunt stories i was like there's got to be more out there and then and he asked me like 30 times yeah i was like dude you want to do a podcast let's do a podcast do a podcast and i talked to dustin and dustin was like all in for it like off the rip because he's he, he listened to podcasts way before i i was and he kind of got me hooked on to him and it just made sense i was like you know i, I talked to dustin i talked to ryan i was like man i think we can I listened to like several different podcasts and I was like, I listened to those conspiracy guys and a bunch of different ones. I was like, maybe if we mishmash, it it just kind of like all started coming together. Mm -hmm. Once we started doing it, as far as like the comedy and us pre-talking before we do. And I kind of got that idea from like Grimerica is how they'll do like 30 minutes beforehand. Then they go into their interview with somebody so there's like 30 minutes of an episode, 15 to 30 minutes of us BSing and cutting up and talking about coon hunting and just other odd men, just different stuff before we get into uh, the guest. But one of the things that I've, I've noticed is there are a lot of people that report coon hunt stories that don't coon hunt anymore. And we've kind of like so far, this, this our first year has been like, 
reaching out into the coon hunting audience of coon hunters that still active yeah. coon hunt all the time. And so it's, it's like, there's, you know, if, if they're not coon hunting, they're really listening to like coon hunting podcast or, or at the hunts and stuff like that. I feel like there's like a whole nother section of people. Um, as a matter of fact, I listened to one with Wes, uh, Ger, Ger, what's his name? Germer. Yeah. Sasquatch Chronicles a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. That was a coon hunting story. And that guy, he doesn't coon hunt anymore, so he doesn't even know we exist. So, you know, I feel like there's a lot of coon hunt stories out there like yours that's handed down to you. And I think there are a lot of handed down weird-ass coon hunt stories out there. It's just we want to hear them. putting it out there to people that, hey, you know, we want to hear these coon hunt stories. And you might not have coon hunted in 30 years, and it might have happened when you was 15 years old, but I want to hear about it. So what's the best way for people to contact you? Because that's a great insert right there. If you guys, anybody at home has a coon hunting story or whatever the hell you hunt in England and Australia, that's kind of the other two countries we're really big in. If you're using dogs and hunting it. If yeah. you're using dogs yeah. and hunting it. But no, what's the best yeah. way for these people to get a hold of you guys? Okay. Um, they can reach out to us at my email address or our email address is htpodinfo. It's h-t-p-o-d-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. And so, I, I'll have all yeah. that in the description below. Anybody that wants to reach out to these guys, I'll have it and make it really easy. Because, yeah, I we when we started, it was kind of the same thing for the stories. We think a lot of these stories die with people. Mm-hmm. You know, once yeah. and then they're yeah. gone. Uh Exactly. There's a lot of coon hunt stories like that. Yeah, I, so I think you guys are doing great. Listen to your podcast literally all day today. I was grocery shopping, doing work around here, getting podcast stuff up, and I love it. It's a lot Hopefully of fun. You got laugh a little bit. Oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, pick, is I'm gonna have to tell Wild Bill though. You guys were picking on him. We only mentioned mountain monsters like once or twice. It was early on, like I think early on. And we mentioned like uh, finding Bigfoot mm-hmm. and and the uh, uh, mountain monsters, and and we weren't really picking on them. I it's know. Just, uh, we pick on them. The added for t- the, the stuff that's added for TV, right. especially the finding Bigfoot stuff. You know, it was. It would be cool to be on a finding Bigfoot. Though. There you go. It would be. I'd have them chase somebody down, beat the hell out of them. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we like I told you guys the, when we did your guys' show. We know all those guys, you know, and they'll tell you that it's all you know the the areas are real and stuff like that, but. And the eyewitnesses that they actually have come on and share their experiences are real, but the rest of it's made for TV. Yeah. You know, if they had a Bigfoot on a thermal every time they went out, or if Wild Bill was two foot from the Snallygaster every week, we'd have one in a cage. Or yeah. he'd, he'd have knocked it out by he'd now. He'd knocked it out. Knowing him. We'd have some the, some samples anyway. <laughs> and then uh, you get talked about Tony. We love Tony. Uh if, if if Tony happens to hear this, man, come on and talk to us, dude. Tell us this story. Tell our audience this coon hunting story. Because I'll be honest, they don't talk about coon hunting intelligently. <laughs> they, he, he can tell the story. But, see, here's when I listened to that story, and he first started out, and I was like, okay, this is a coon hunting story. And I'm like, this guy's not going to fool me. If he's talking about coon hunting, I've been doing this long enough. If, if there's, cause I've listened to one coon hunting story on, um, can I name the podcast? I don't care. You, you guys it are you. Dog, okay. It was on, dog, it was on dog, <laughs> dog man encounters. Oh yeah. And I was listening to that. And this one woman was telling a coon hunting story in Michigan. And I called BS on that from the, in the middle of it. I don't believe it. Because of the things she was saying, it was like, well, we toted, we harvested like five coons and we were toting them two miles. And I'm like, that's BS because them coons are big in Michigan. They're freaking big. And you're not hand toting five damn coons out of the woods as a teenager. There's no way. Not a woman. There's like three of them or something. And I was like, I didn't believe it. I used to, I used to fur trap and dragging them in a sled in the winter was hard, let alone carry them on your back. Yeah, and she's talking about they have four or five of them. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, no, those are big mm. coons up there. But when I listened to that guy talking with Tony, he used lingo that I understood. He he said things like they would hold pressure. Only a coon hunter is going to know. Yeah. A person that's fooling with dogs is going to know what holding pressure is. I have means. no idea what the hell that is. So, 
is that whole pressure. I mean, they stay on a tree no matter what. No matter yes, what. Okay. Mm. What pressure's been put on. They, they stay there. Okay. Yeah, we so, we have kind of a same thing uh, early on. We we go to a lot of conferences and stuff like that for the stuff. And with my background, it was like a lot of speakers were like, I'm just like, they have no idea what the hell they're saying yeah. at all. Like these people will use what they think are educated words, shove them into their presentation. And because the average person doesn't know, you know, it's fine. You don't know because it's not in your, your field. Your wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm sitting there like, this is so dumb. <laughs> we can't name we can't name names. I know. But we we've, we've literally sat at conferences and we're like I'm like this person is very dumb and it's very good at using big words about every 18th word. It just, you know. So I get that when when it's the lingo of your of your field, mm-hmm. it's you can definitely tell whether somebody's walking the walk or not. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I honestly believed as far as everything he was saying, coon hunting, the dude knew what he was talking about as far as dogs go and stuff like that. And man, it, I don't even know why I got on that, but it, when I heard that, that guy talking, I believed his story and I knew right off the rip. I was like, man, we got to hear more of these. Pretty much what, Really set it off for having a podcast. Yeah, it was kind of like that was it. I knew I wanted to do a coon hunting podcast, but I wanted to mix it in with just to be different than all the other coon hunting podcasts. And yeah, man, I mean, I guess we never really looked at it as far as like being an ambassador or something, but I guess in, in a kind of a sense we are because it's like reaching coon hunting and representing coon hunting in an area like, like the cryptid stuff. Yeah, it is reverent and or paranormal. Mm-hmm. You guys um, are extremely unique, and I yeah I agree with it. Because like I could find you typing in X encounter, you know, it, it'd pop up, and I like I told you I learned more today about coon hunting than I ever did, and we have people that coon hunt around here. Oh yeah, yeah just, there's a lot of people that coon hunt in Ohio. Yeah, but I don't know anything about it. My family did. I don't know nothing about it. Uh, you know, so that's... I mean, the coon dog trials are huge here. I was trying to tell him about it today. Yeah. The coon dog trials. Or last night when we talked on the phone. Last night, yeah. What? Do you know the yeah. actual name? Is it Max's coon dog trials still? That, I'm not... I, I always just knew it as coon dog trials. I know. That's all I knew it as. Best place to buy I mean, an overpriced Mr. puppy. <laughs> Mr. Steve Fielder will know exactly what we're, what you're talking about. If anybody knows, Mr. Steve will know it. Mm. There you go. And we'll see him this weekend, so I'm going to ask him. Just, yeah, shoot me a text. Tell me what he says. Because it's still giant. I mean, there's thousands of people there. Mm-hmm. I mean, thousands of sober people aren't there, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, just growing up, I always heard about it. Always heard. My family doesn't do this at all. My family does not coon dog hunt. And I knew about it. And so it's like, you know, it's big then. Like, That's because, yeah, if you didn't coon dog hunt, you stayed away because it was crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, we need to go check that out. If you guys do, we got property you can hunt. You teach us how to coon dog hunt. Oh, yeah. So we killed on this property like 112 coons just spotlighting in like a couple weeks this past summer for nuisance. Uh, Dude, we don't, in our part of South Carolina, we probably won't tree 100 coons in a year. Oh, oh, no. Uh, you could probably, do, if you guys come up here, you probably do that in a night. They're everywhere. We had one yeah, tree. We pulled at least 15 coons out of one hole. That's crazy. We, it's good. We don't got nothing up here to eat them. That's true. Yeah. The deer ain't going to eat them. Well, I, we I train them. them. I, uh, what's, the coyote, what's the coyote population like? That too coyote. many. A lot of them too. But they're eating all the, them. all the rabbits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah, rather eat a rabbit or a raccoon? Rabbit, yeah, right? or a Bob chicken. Best, he says bobcat. Bobcat's the best tasting critter I've ever hmm. ate. So we just hmm. got them back. Uh, my dad's got a really cool trail camera picture of a bobcat ripping up a raccoon. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, but sorry, I cut you guys off. I'm, we're famous for it. Uh, we're listening to that. I mean, you're talking about a bobcat ripping up a raccoon. I believe that. Yeah, and, and there are a lot of things in that that 
I think not all of them, but some people report some things that they think are weird that I think they are probably bobcat. heard something like that yeah, a bobcat ripping up a raccoon. That if, probably sounds crazy. If as you shit. don't know what a bobcat or a mountain lion sounds like, or an elk, yes. imagine if you didn't know what an elk sounded like and you heard an elk bellow, yeah. you'd you'd oh, crap yeah. yourself. I mean, it's the scariest noise it's that weird. that elk bellowing in the you know in the morning. That would be like a, it's basically a dragon. You know, your imagination's gonna turn it into a dragon, or you know, what the hell is that? yeah, or the bobcats. I've been around bobcats a lot in Michigan. We had wolf and mountain lion by our cabin in Michigan, and the noises the mountain lion or bobcat will make are just like bobcats. Like sound like women getting murdered. Yeah, yeah, they will. You ever just heard house cats breeding? Oh it, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> something's getting a woman getting murdered. I mean, yeah, they, <laughs> Male cats have backwards-facing barbs on their penis to help scrape out competitor semen. <laughs> That's why it's not very comfortable. It didn't sound very comfortable. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, there's your nature fact for the episode. Glad I'm not a cat. But, yeah, you guys have... Uh, I, I can't wait any longer. You guys have a very interesting idea that I think makes a lot of sense, but I want to hear more about it. So I'm going to let you introduce it. Which one? You want me to talk about the, the not dog man? Yes. Talk about not dog man. I have this theory. I've mentioned it to Ryan. I haven't really talked to Dustin a whole lot about it, but a lot of these dog man encounters, I don't sound like a dog to me. They sound like a big pissed off raccoon. Raccoon man. Like a raccoon man. They talk about the hands being shaped like a raccoon. It's like, oh, the hands. They they did have paws like a dog, but they kind of had claws like a raccoon. And then I heard some of them talk about these dog men. That the way they look on all fours, they have a hump in their back. Show us real quick. And like, no, I can't show you. <laughs> I can't show you. But if, you, if, if you've ever seen a raccoon stand up on his back legs, they will stand up on their back legs and they will fight. And they can walk and they'll walk on their back legs. He'll hump his back up too to make himself look bigger. Yeah. they. I mean, and all a lot of dogman encounters, the only thing that's missing that I've heard them talk about is a ring tail and the mask on the face. Other than that, everything else sounds like a huge raccoon that is pissed off and maybe borderline demon possessed is <laughs> is is kind of what it sounds like and it's like you know even if it is a dog of any freaking type it's not gonna have claws that can do like this even like grab mm-hmm. yeah yeah like grab stuff and and so none of it they just don't sound like a dog to me at all, a I like. Raccoon. I listen. I listened to one on Tony Tony Merkel's the. Um, I'm a I'm a member there, and I listened to the one that he just had a couple weeks ago called it's like slaying Dogman or something, and the guy was giving the description of what his granddad saw, and he's like, I'm I'm sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, sounds like a raccoon, sounds like a raccoon, and he talks about the raccoon, the hands, and he's like, well, they're kind of raccoon like, and I'm like, I told you, it's a damn raccoon, <laughs> it's not a it's it. it it, whatever DNA this thing has has got raccoon DNA in it to I, some extent. I should have looked this up before the episode, but so you know, raccoons are kind of distantly related to like the bear family stuff like that. Yeah. I kind of wonder if North America had like a, a five or six foot tall raccoon that went extinct, like a cousin that went extinct. Uh, I've never thought about that because that may make perfect freaking sense. Yeah. So, and it, you I'll know, and you imagine how much of an attitude a raccoon would have if it was five foot tall. They got an attitude exactly. now. Mm-hmm. The biggest raccoon I've ever seen in my life was, um, it, let me think, it would have been between my fifth grade year and sixth grade year. So I was, damn, ninety. Usually, I'd already I'd already started coon hunting. I'd been coon hunting for about a year or two with my dad. We started at the same time. And anyway, my dad was at that time he was a union rep for Mack Truck, so he, he was a part of the UAW. And he had to go to this place. We went up there to this place in Michigan called Black Lake, Michigan. 
and it was like a training facil- facilities for union members and union reps and stuff like that. And um, like I said, he was a union rep at that time. And the whole family went up there, me, my mom, my dad. And there was a place, uh, it was kind of like a two-week summer camp for me. They had to go to training and different, it, and it they kind of made it fun for spouses and some shit like that, I reckon. I really don't know. But for me, it was like summer camp with us and they had this game room and it was it was a huge game room and it was glass all the way around it was just one big glass game room and it's all wooded there's no hunting there's no killing there's no you could fish but you had to turn uh you had to turn the fish loose again and so me i'm a country boy from south carolina i did not understand the catch and release part of those fish we had a little (laughs) corn you know and they was like i'm like if we're fishing I'm eating. And so one dude had caught a fish and it was like, it's dead. So we're going to take it over to the such and such and see if we can get them to cook it for you. And I caught a trout and I'm over here like, bam, 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 <laughs> smashing the head of it. What are you doing? Beating it in the, the dude. Is, well, what are you doing? I was like, I want to eat mine too. <laughs> so, I didn't get to fish anymore after that. But we were in that game room. <laughs> And this huge raccoon comes walking up to this trash can and just stands up on his back legs, tips the top of it up. It's like one of those, like the metal type trash cans that you'll see in WWE or something like that. That's the type of trash can it was with the metal lid that goes on top. And that coon just reared up on his back legs, easy as could be, popped that top off and was just pulled itself over into that trash can and was eaten. And I, that is the biggest raccoon up on his back legs. His head was about level with the top of that trash mm. can. He's ex- so standing on, yeah, standing on his back legs, it was three, three and a half foot tall. Oh, he's experienced. He knew what he was doing. That's how he got exactly. so big. The biggest. And he couldn't hunt him. The, yeah. <laughs> the biggest raccoon I ever seen was at church camp, but it wasn't like tall like that. It was probably wider. Than it was tall, just <laughs> eating out of that, just basically eating out just grease and stuff. What What about that dog you hit when you were driving? Oh no, that was the biggest raccoon I've ever yeah. seen. I I Uh-oh. it's it's bit. fine. I I blocked that out. So I was sixteen, and this is why do you make this about me? Uh, we have guest. Sorry, Did you, you ran over a coon. So I'm sixteen. Got my license like first night I've had my license. We live way out in the country. I'm heading back. This dog runs out in front of me. A big, like, 40, 50-pound dog, and I just smack it, and it rolls into the cornfield. And so I pull over, and there's a house right there. So I'm like, I just hit this family's dog. But I got to go get it because, you know, I don't want these people to be looking for their dog, you know, for weeks and not know where it is and stuff. You know, I the least I can do is go get it for them. And... I'm like basically in tears. I have that little flip phone with a light. Like I finally found this like 40 or 50 pound bloody raccoon that I just smashed. It destroyed the front end of my car, all this stuff. It was a gigantic raccoon. I forgot. I blocked that out. <laughs> Cause it's such a sour memory. No, I looked, I looked it up though. While you were talking, sorry. I just, there was a, a, a giant extinct raccoon from North and South America. Really? Uh, Got to be about two hundred pounds and six foot tall. What if it stood up on its hind legs? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Uh, it was called. Here's a scientific name for you. Champlainmilie armigano rhino. Described in 1908. 1908. Huh. That's fairly recent. Yeah. Hmm. They probably thought it was a giant ground sloth. It's kind of like um, the the massive amount of reportings in Arkansas of some type of hyena creature. Well, there was like some yeah. type of uh, a hyena that lived in North America at one point in time. Yeah, so, there were, we had all pretty much all the same uh, mammals that same at least some type of whatever was in Africa. Uh, we had the North American cheetah, like pronghorns. The only reason pronghorns are so fast, pronghorn antelope are so fast, is because we had a North American cheetah. The cheetah went extinct. So the pronghorns, there's nothing really can grab a pronghorn. You know, you can catch them in a corner or something like that. But yeah. when they get running, no wolf or nothing's touching those things. I mean, they can run 60-something miles an hour. 
what do you what's the raccoon's closest relative like i know they're not a, close to dogs are like bar, bears you said bears bears are the closest like out of the raccoon family group yeah like what are they closely related to like red pandas uh there's a couple other there there's there's a bunch of species in the raccoon family i mean then are they rodents no okay um, they're, they're raccoons Cootamundi, are they in the raccoon family yeah uh, they sh- I, i'm pretty Kutamundi? sure they are hmm but yeah, they, yeah, raccoons are their own family. Okay. Just kidding. Yeah, they're like they're, they're believe it or not, they all look the same, but there are several species of raccoons in North America. From, subspecies. Yeah, I believe subspecies. it. Hmm. Yeah, um that that'll get bigger than others, like a coon, uh whatever, there's like a species of coon in, in Florida that's not keys coon. They're not they don't, keys coon. they don't get as big as uh, say a coon in Michigan. Oh yeah, even yeah, they they all different sizes. Yeah. Their environments call for different needs and stuff like that. So yeah, there's no like uh, like the keys deer, like a big one's like forty pounds. They're basically big rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> but I really think you're onto something with that idea. I really i I think the second you said it through text, I was like, that's really cool, because I can't tell yeah, you. So how- I, 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 Sorry, I'm a raccoon man guy. Yeah, but I, uh, that's, I can't tell you how many stories we've heard, like especially in Michigan and stuff, like them being near water, uh, using their hands, them digging in mounds with their hands, stuff like that. It takes a raccoon man though to connect those yeah. dots. It, what's the level of intelligence of like raccoons? I mean, they're very smart. I very thought smart. so. So very smart. an oversized very one, smart. you know, might even have more brain capacity or something. Or this is I'm telling you, I told yeah. you. They, they a, a raccoon will learn things. Be, even being chased by coyotes, smart. if they're around a lot, they will learn. They'll get used to uh, trees that they could go up and cross over into, cross over trees. They're and, problem solvers. They're they're very smart. They know when they're being ran. They know, especially if they're rutting. If they're rutting, they're gonna run and they're gonna run and run and they're very reluctant to go up a tree if a male's breeding. Like mm-hmm. in that time, and we're getting ready to hit it here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. We haven't really had a rut season yet that I could really tell. But when they start, the the males we call them bow coons. The bows will they'll really run, and and they they just they frisky like that. But over time, they'll learn different ways to get away. They'll learn different ways to run through the woods to throw their scent off. Like I. I've literally, um, probably 15 years ago or, or so, maybe a little bit longer, we was on a competition hunt, and we heard a raccoon come up out of a swampy bottom and come up and hit the the um, grass, like not, it was leaves in that bottom, and we heard it running, and it just ran round and round like it just did figure eights in like a little... 20 yard section and just just running all kind of just making stuff right there and then it took off and when them dogs come out of that swamp and they hit that section it took them about five minutes to figure that out that that coon had just made just dropped a bunch of scent in one area and then took out and it took them about five minutes to figure that out and then they left out on it again but it's those little things like that that they'll figure out and What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Especially if they get ran a lot. In our area, they get ran a lot because we live, like, right here in the Sumter National Forest. It's National Forest is everywhere around us, and they get dogged pretty a good bit and the smart ones breed to smart coons after this time of the year when boat when 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 rut season starts you got smart coons breeding smart coons all the dumb ones done been killed mm-hmm. <laughs> all right you guys yeah, need to come that. up here <laughs> i don't know what you guys would do at night and you guys uh i already asked my father to make sure but you guys are more than welcome to come up here and hunt uh yeah, some coons because we got plenty are. I don't believe it. I don't even know what you guys would do. Shoot. Yeah, my grandma has like such a coon problem 
in our on our property in our barn. I just set out live traps and about three of them just around every for a month. We had one every night in there, and these are no small like these are big, big yeah, coons. This is eating all all that corn. <laughs> eating our garbage, eating our chickens, everything, eating every turkey it, egg that's ever been born. <laughs> yep, they'll do that. It, it is like the, it is, you know, whether they know the amount of fat that they need to pack on mm-hmm. for the area that they live in. They they're just smart like that. And say so in y'all's area, um, I imagine y'all got hit pretty hard a couple of weeks ago in, in negative thirty two. Mm-hmm. Negative yeah. thirty two. See, they know what fat they need to pack on to survive those days that they're not going to be eating. Because hmm. I mean, they they know what's coming. Just like here, I have I sell corn to like deer hunters and stuff, and they talk about these damn raccoons eating all my deer feed. And I'm like, they're just trying to get ready for the winter. Is all, man. There's nothing in the woods that does not eat corn. Coyote eats corn. Mm-hmm. Deer, turkey, squirrel, raccoons, rabbits. Everything, everything. eats corn. So we did, uh, my, I, my brother had corn out a while ago, but we flipped, I, I flip logs to look for salamander, stuff like that. I could not tell you how much corn was in every log, every it stump. Oh, it was rodents. It was voles and mice yeah. would take yeah. it and store it in every little nook and cranny. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the freaking turkeys or not. It wasn't raccoons or, you know. It was yeah. literally hundreds of mice working every night to get rid of a 50-pound bag of corn. It's getting rid yeah. of that negative 32. Mm-hmm. You know, a little corn kernel's nice when it's negative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now I, I think you're onto something with this coon, the coon man. I, I, I think so. I don't I know. Like maybe maybe we're on to something kind of like your upper upper atmosphere biological creatures you know you should do a you should do a full episode on it like a little bit of researched episode because i think that'd be a real big hit curious to see what one looks like i need to do it i need to do some research on it because i haven't really like what you talked about a little while ago that cryptid creature that hadn't even or that hadn't even popped in my head could there have been something in the raccoon family that lived that was really big it was just all the the stuff that they were describing, the way they would describe it, and it just all it, none of it sounds completely like a dog. But you know, a raccoon's gonna look kind of like a dog too. Snout, they yeah, got, face. They're close they, enough, they're like face. looking. Yeah, all, the only thing missing is the mask and the ring tail. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you look at the raccoon's family. Not everybody has the mask and the ring tail. You yeah. know, you can still have the hands and stuff like that. And not have that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I really think you're onto something. And, uh, I, sorry, I really think you're onto something. And I just did one little search on Google on my phone while you were talking, and found at least one species of extinct raccoon that got six foot tall and two hundred pounds uh, from North America. So who's telling that? You know, there could be this could be relic species stuff like that. They're really smart and good at hiding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I really think it. You need to do a full episode on it. Yeah. Here's the thing. No matter how big a raccoon's body is, if their head will go in it, their body will go <laughs> in it. That's the absolutely God's honest truth. If their head can get in it, they will squeeze, their body will hmm. they'll squeeze through it. What's that remind you of, Jay? Do you remember? An octopus? No, the first Michigan Dogman sighting. On the Mich- Manistee River, these loggers Mich- thought a dog was in a, a hollowed-out log. And they took a stick and they started working, trying to work this dog out of this hole, this this big hollowed log. And they finally worked out the creature, and it stood up and it was a six foot tall dog man. And they couldn't like that was the whole thing is they couldn't figure out how it got into something so small. But now that you say this, that mm. that makes me think of that is that you know a raccoon is just wedged in this log and finally got mad enough from being stabbed a hundred times <laughs> to come out, and then those loggers all left. That was the first. Well, the first modern Michigan dog man sighting, that was like 1850s, something mm. like that. I this is a lot of that area. Uh, well, yeah, there's a lot in Michigan, Wisconsin, the UP. Uh, 
but they sound really raccoony now. And it's like my head's spinning because now I'm going through every dog man story. Like, okay, does that does that fit? Does that fit? Right, does yeah. that fit? And I mean, just how much they do with their hands and stuff like that. That's what gets me. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's yeah, like, that, that's what me too is that their hands and what they do with their hands. Um, I think I, I listened to, um, what was it? I don't, I haven't listened to it in a while. It's the paranormal something. It's a dude out of Texas, Josh Turner. I think he's in Texas. It was the paranormal something or another. He had a dog man encounter and I listened to him talk about a couple of those different ones. And that's when it just, I was like, and it, they mentioned raccoon hands. They had was doing stuff like, and I'm like, it's a raccoon man. Dogs have paws, not paws. <laughs> and so, I I don't know what else to say, man. I just really no, think I, it's some, I think it's some type of raccoon man. I'm I'm gonna say that everybody that's listening to Crips the Corn podcast, you should expect a full length raccoon man from these guys. A full length episode. I'm putting it well, on you now. I'm putting yeah, high standards because I want to hear more. Like I really think you have it. I, you know, I'm really excited. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, markers, you know, hitting on this one. I, I really think uh, I'll send you. Uh, you gotta remind me. I'll send you some of our Michigan dog man sightings and stuff like that that I'll flag for you to sound like, you know, because I, yeah. I really think that there's a lot there to what you're saying because it explains it's, a lot. And it's not only that; it's the the way the hump in the back looks. The dog does not have that hump in the back. Very, you'll see a dog sway in the back, kind of like a horse might do, quicker than you'll see a dog hump in the back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or in the way, uh, if you see a raccoon run across the road, what is it? It's got that hump in the back. It won't. It humps, and it. it and I'm not gonna say it don't move like fat, like a uh, like a groundhog will. You know, they'll they'll like roll with them. Yeah. And the raccoon is, is you'll see the hump in the back when they're running. And it's got, even when they, if you've ever seen a raccoon stand up on its back legs and they can fight really, really good. And I try, I don't like uh, to let, when I knock a coon out, I really don't want one to have a whole lot of life to it because they, they can mess a dog up. Oh yeah, I, I, w- I would rather if I lived up there and had raccoons the size of y'all have, they would be headshot every time, mm-hmm. and they would come out completely dead. And and I try to do that now, but if you knock one out, and like I shot one the other night, I just wanted to, I had my little girl with me. She's ten. It was just me and her, and I just wanted it to hit the ground and be dead. And I had I shot it one time, and it bailed out of the top of that tree and it went straight to the creek and stood up on back leg on his back legs and it was ready to fight and (laughs) that's what it was and i had to i had to get my dog away and and actually put another shot in it because that it would it could muck my dog up really bad Mm -hmm. um i've had one one time uh nick a dog right there between the eyes and it started bleeding really bad Mm. and so um, I'm in the middle of the woods, so I had an old timer with me that taught me a trick. Got a little bit of moss and a little bit of, you know, a little bit of wet mud, and kind of just made something and just held it there until the bleeding, you know, it kind of stopped it up and it stopped bleeding. And then we went on, continued hunting. He bothered him none, but just little things like that that could happen if that coon's not completely dead. You know, it could take out an eye. It could it can mess a dog up really bad. Mm-hmm. And you take one that's 50, 60 pounds by itself. That's is you know, and I think uh, in your, y'all's neck of the woods, they can get that big if they pack on a lot of food, you know. I wouldn't want my dog to get a hold of one like no. that. I wouldn't want to see that. Mm-mm. I'm scared of a 30-pound raccoon. <laughs> hey, I did get bit. I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> And I got bit the other week by my first raccoon right down the tip of my finger. Oh, for the first it, time? Yeah, yeah, that's the first time. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I it. And I'm like, you saw, God. It got me right on the tip of my daggone finger. Got it. 
I didn't go get no rabies shot or nothing like that. I wasn't gonna do that. But <laughs> you don't need that. To the raccoon, man. <laughs> That's how it happens. It's, hey, I gotta run to the I gotta run to the restroom. I got some Modelo trying to come out of it's me. It's all good. <laughs> right here. So I'm gonna leave y'all with Ryan for a second. Let him Ryan, this is your chance to talk. I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> you, you ever been bit by a raccoon? Never. I hope I don't have to get bit by a raccoon. Uh, so you're the more experienced one. Though. What do you think of Raccoon Man? I'm the more, I think that's possibly it's got to be what it is. Because, like he said, dogs have paws, not claws. It's it's de- he's definitely convincing me so far because I I think said that there was one that was two hundred pounds and six foot tall. That's kind of what it sounds like they're seeing something that would weigh about two hundred pounds and it's about six foot tall. It it really is because I the dogman is out of all the cryptids we've ever talked about and dogman's weird. The dogman's the one I've had the most trouble with. Yeah, actually, I guess believe I don't ever doubt anybody that comes on and shares an encounter or nothing like that. It's not that, yeah. but as it being. The werewolf type creature I've never yeah. got behind. Just putting your finger in exactly what it is. Because yeah. there's people plenty, are seeing something. Yeah, there's plenty of stories yeah. out there enough to know that there's something going on out there. But connecting all the dots of whatever every experience is, they're always something's a little different here or there. What they're seeing is just a little different here or there. I thought it was demonic, I guess. That too. I mean, that's, that's a whole other layer to, think, to it. But now I'm kind of. I think I'm flipping back to it being a biological creature. Like a, I mean, there's kind of like a nephilim, like a hybrid. <laughs> oh gosh, species Joel, a if you're listening to this, I love you, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, I'm tired Joel, of the word listen. nephilim. Nephilim coon Joel, hybrid dog. To this, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going ice fishing with Joel <laughs> next weekend. Do what now? We're going ice fishing with Joel next weekend. That's what I think Bigfoot oh, is, man. I think he's a nephilim. Man, I, I don't know, man. I think that as far as, Bigfoot, type as far as Bigfoot goes, I think you might have a couple different types. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I do get into the the Bigfoot, the the woo woo part of the Bigfoot. Yeah, but then I get in. I think there's a biological creature too. I am two, two or three both. different ones, different kinds. Both. I think you're 100 percent right. I've said that before on this show. That the what I seen, I it was flesh and blood. It was scared. When Dad shot the gun, it was scared. It knew, like, it, it had fears and needs. It wanted horse grain. It wanted to eat chickens. Like, it had biological needs. No, wait a minute. Can a raccoon uh, work its way into a chicken coop? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Now, could a, could a six-foot-tall raccoon work its way into an electric chicken coop, knowing I mean, what to do? If it could open a door, yeah. But it'd have to shut the door. Hmm, okay. They'd probably tear it all to shit. <laughs> yeah, that raccoons are more like cuttlefish intelligence we've talked about that okay, okay. smash the bottle okay yeah. uh yeah. don't open the bottle just smash that. Mm-hmm. something that size it would just i think it would just rip a fence completely apart i don't think it had much trouble yeah uh but no i i'm a very big proponent in the, the flesh and blood i think they're two separate things uh we talk about the fey folk a lot uh hey hallelujah we do too so I think the Fey folk will put on whatever face you want them to have. So if you're going in the woods and you're thinking you're going to see a Bigfoot and you encounter a Fey folk, sorry, or, sorry, it keeps doing it. Yeah, if you go in the woods and you encounter a Fey folk and you're thinking you're going to encounter a Bigfoot, that's kind of the face they're going to wear. That's where you get some of these more supernatural Sasquatch sightings and stuff like that. Uh, that's my personal opinion. So I think you know there's that animal that exists, but I think the fa- the the supernatural Sasquatch only exists because of our consciousness and those extra dimensional entities wanting to wear something that they're. I think they kind of assume it makes us feel more comfortable because that's what they want to see, like that's what we want to see when we go out. And then it freaks us out and they don't know what to do. You know, now the Bigfoot has glowing red eyes and it's walking. Uh, there was that one story where it kind of did uh, like a cartoon thing where it walked off the cliff, but mm-hmm. kept walking like it was still on ground. And, you know, they just don't fit the normal... They don't fit our dimensional rules, let alone biological rules. Uh, but then, like, my encounter is what I keep going back to for the biological... That thing was scared of a gun. It wanted to eat. You know, it had needs, and it had fears. The other ones you hear about, they don't have that. Like, people, you know, shoot them point blank and nothing happens. They don't react. You know, they don't... They have glowing red eyes and hopping out of orbs. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I think they're. I agree with you guys. I think they're two very distinct things that happen to just kind of look alike, whether whatever the reasoning is behind it. So, man, I played. Uh, Ryan was with me a couple weeks. This might have been last week, and I was like, "Dude, you got to hear the intro to this one podcast." And I put on to kill the mockingbirds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "I love their intro. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about it that I like." And uh, now, Joel. I hope he hears this. If he, he does listen him, to our show, please tell him that. Bleh, bleh, bleh. That <laughs> shit gets annoying. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, if he does that one more time, turn left. Would you just like, turn <laughs> that damn thing off? If he does that one more time, so, I love yeah, that- Joel so much. <laughs> uh, so now they got it where anybody sees him in public, they make him do it. Really? Yeah. Uh, he's telling me about and that. The, I was talking to him on the phone on Saturday. Huh? That's his trademark. That's exactly. His it's one of those things that just... Uh, it's memorable. Well, it kind of takes it on a life of its own. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like that. Our, ours is that lip, the, lip, the Scott the Organic UFOs. That's kind of taken on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Like, we're booked out talking about that all the way into March. Yeah, man, that's pretty good. Uh, that's a little bit better than Raccoon Man. I don't know. I think I think you could... I think I really think... Raccoon Man could be something. I expect to see you speaking at an event uh, next year. I don't know about all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just oh, you got it, dude. dude we've got never, this. we've He's never, got we've, this. we've never been to like CryptidCon. Like, we've only been doing this this a year. We started January of last year, mm. and so the only thing we've really done has been like coon hunting events, yeah. as far as like automobiles. And we're I, we're planning on going to. Um, Winter Classic in Batesville, Mississippi, in February. So we're planning on going down there for that. And so they do like Crypticon. Oh yeah. Yeah. How close are you guys to Hamlet, North Carolina? You know. Not really, but it's probably within less than three hours. Maybe it depends on what part of North Carolina. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I know it's in Hamlet. So you anything within North Carolina, we could reach within three hours. April first. Encounter Quest is happening. I won't uh, be there. Why not? That's turkey season. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Jay are speakers for that one. Really? Yeah. I want to go. I really do. I understand. I might, I might have to, might have to tra- check that one out because I don't give a damn about a turkey. I, don't <laughs> I just raise them so I can eat them. It's easier. I don't like turkey. I don't, I don't do nothing but coon hunt. That's it. That's the only hunting I do. I don't deer hunt. I don't turkey hunt. I might go occasionally squirrel hunting with dogs if Ryan, if I'm with Ryan and Dustin. Any type of dog hunting and turkey hunting. Is, <laughs> yeah, and fishing. I mean, the fishing's a given. It's just going to happen. I'm a big fisherman. But turkey hunting's first set. Yeah, I really think, I don't know. I could see it next year, Crypticon. Let's talk but, about well, I'm Daniel to, coming on, being... The, the raccoon man expert. Yeah, what's what's the uh have you given a name yet? Like what? No, I just threw that out raccoon to him, man. dude. Like raccoon man. Raccoon man. Like, I, I just texted Justin and was like, Yeah, I wait till I drop the raccoon man on your audience. <laughs> and I was <laughs> so like, I'm, they're gonna I'm, love it. Yeah. I'm, I do I'm, I haven't told it to anybody as far as my thoughts on that goes. Now we gotta research it. I know. I I, I put it out there. You have to do it now. We need a costume. <laughs> I get hey, a costume. A Grand American that has that raccoon costume. Oh, shit. See, all the puzzle pieces are falling together. Just steal his costume. Go wear it at Crypticon. <laughs> Write a book. Write a book. We'll we'll steal the costume. But yeah, I'm I mean, I might have to do some more research into this thing. But I'm I, I don't know of anybody in our neck of the woods that's ever heard or reported of anything like that in the South as far as well, any type of dog man that I've heard. Every every dog man sighting is always attributed to, you know, a werewolf or a dog man. It's never oh, oh, oh. we do have a, I, yes. I, I do remember I was just gonna say we got a werewolf sighting pretty close. Right, we don't really want to get into who had it. Oh yeah. There was drugs involved. No, nah, I don't I mean nah, Nah, maybe not. Them. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe it's because there was some drugs involved at one time, <laughs> but they definitely had a werewolf stalk on them, they said. Hmm. Legit. Like, 
That's what they were saying. I don't know, but anything they done some pretty extreme shit. Listen to it. I'm not. I don't really <laughs> want to put it on the air. But I, I do remember when I was talking about that, uh, that Josh Turner and the paranormal roundtable. That's it. Paranormal, paranormal roundtable. Table. Oh yeah, that's a big show. Okay. Okay. What what he was talking about was kind of like it almost seemed like the dog man stuff followed the corn from north to south. And they kind of put it in like the Native American stuff. Hmm. And they're, they're, corn. But it was like the the dog man is like you know could it be something of could they all just be skinwalkers and part of Native American is like seem like the dog man follows the corn. I don't know if there's anything to that. Raccoons love corn. Mm-hmm. But I, was, corn. I have another thought, and I'd never had this before until Raccoon Man. So I just was thinking, you like you know what the, you ever heard of the Rougarou? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. You might be a giant raccoon man. Well, so yeah, all the dogman sightings are pretty much south and north, uh, about natural wetlands and stuff like that. Raccoons eat all kinds of stuff out of natural wetlands. So if you're a big raccoon, that may be an awesome food source plus the corn. But that's why like Ohio, the Midwest doesn't like the the lower Midwest really doesn't have any dogman sightings. Uh. You know, a lot of Appalachia doesn't, but when you get down to like Louisiana, Arkansas, they have a lot of dogman sightings. You get Michigan, you know, Michigan is full of natural wetlands still, spring water, stuff like that, where these raccoons could get in and feed. I don't know. I really think there there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. I really think you, this, guys, uh, you could really turn this into something. The, the, the one that would be like Daniel Boone National Forest and Land Between the Lakes in Kentucky, the LBL, mm-hmm. whatever. There's a lot of people that squirrel hunt and coon hunt and stuff out there at the LBL, and I don't know, but I know you, there are reportings of you got the the one that I listened to with Tony Merkel, and, and it was in the Daniel Boone National Forest, and then you, of course, you probably know about the the LBL monster or whatever. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's our like dog man. That's our goriest episode. What what number is that? I want to hear. I, I haven't gone through your whole catalog yet. You have to you have to check it. You have to know. go back through it. And text that to me. Okay, uh, but no, that one was we had to put so many warnings in the title of that one because the land between the lakes is just the goriest cryptid we've ever covered. Uh, but it talks uh, about the claws. It does. It literally talks about the claw marks, like their hands. Yeah, I don't. I really think that's mm. like it's. So raccoon's front paws look like a hand with claws on it. Right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Is it looks like you know the five finger? It, no. I really think I'm spinning. Yeah, I know. Because I'm trying to connect. Like, all these dots are connecting. They are, yeah. And I also wonder, too, if there's a paranormal connection to it. I mean, if you could have Raccoon Man, but then kind of like how there's the Bigfoot with, it could be like a paranormal thing as well. But it, what if there are raccoon folk out what there? Would you consider Nephilim paranormal? <laughs> <laughs> Mm. And we're back to the Nephilim again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. He's been waiting to use that horn. Yeah. Usually he only uses it on me. Uh, no. It, yes, I consider Nephilim paranormal. I do 100% believe in Nephilim, by the way. It's uh, it just not my bag. You get tired of hearing it. You get tired of hearing it. It's just, it's yeah. Used a lot. Yeah, no, I think Joel is really on to a lot of stuff with it, uh, but that word gets thrown around on every paranormal podcast for everything. I agree. I uh, agree. I think it does get overused. Like, yeah, it's just, I can't remember the last time we actually used it. I mean, you know, we did the swap cast and stuff like that, but I'm just talking about a normal episode because I definitely do not think Bigfoot's a Nephilim. Uh any of the Bigfoots. I think Nephilim, maybe Giants and stuff like that, like what we talked about with some of the episodes with roommate, like The Last Morning Giants. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. No, now, Nephilim. I don't know. I haven't really looked into a study to make sure that this is actually what it is. You ever heard of Gary Wayne, Genesis 6 Conspiracy? Yeah. Okay. He talks about some about the Horites, that you'll see in the Bible in the Old Testament, which would have been as in the Nephilim 
in it would have been in those groups of people that had no beginning in the tablets of, in the table of nations. So they have a genealogy that they exist, but they don't have a genealogy. There was a group called the Horites, and they were known as hairy cave dwellers. Hmm. So I'm wondering that aspect is. Could there be any remnants of hairy cave dwellers? Hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but eh, as far as like the Zamzumim, they had like a buzzing hum in their in their when they talked what they were supposed to have, and they think that maybe they migrated out of Canaan, which is most of them where they would migrated out from would have been in in the Canaan area for all intensive purposes we may as well say mesopotamia and so they um could have possibly migrated up toward greenland iceland at that area where andre the giant was from if you ever listen to andre the giant you ever kind of hear that buzz and he has yeah, when he he talks did, yeah. so i was like could he have had a little bit of that dna in him and it just come out to where he had that buzz and hum when he talked. You talking about the wrestler Andre the Giant? I think it's from Hell France. Yeah, the it, yeah, I think he's. From, I think he, he was, was from France. France. Yeah, was he from France? Yeah. Yes, he was from France. Andre Rene Rusimov. His yeah. mom didn't recognize him when he came back. Where was the? He had some ties to Greenland, I think. It's, it's probably his family is probably from there. I don't. I don't know if they were full like native French. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know for sure either. We lost we lost all of our French listeners uh, a season back. Uh-oh. We just, you, know, you know, we just... I, we accidentally got on a rant, like three episodes in a row, picking on them. Just blaming them. Oh, accidentally. Right. It just happened in the research. <laughs> it was really weird. And they all the left. French. Just blame the French. They cannot take a joke. The Australians can. <laughs> I keep making fun of them, and they keep coming back in bigger numbers. We got some Australian listeners. Good. Pretty cool. Yeah. We yeah, love them. Hey, I tell you what, we got this one guy from Australia that listens. Um, I guess he's listened to about all of them. And I actually got a postcard in the mail. I guess it the mail, whenever the mail ran the last day of last week before the new year and all that. I ain't even heard about this. Post. No, I forgot to tell you. I got. I went and checked the mailbox today, and we had a postcard that was sent from Australia that came. That was shipped. It, it's got a stamp on it. Nine twenty-two is a Christmas card, and it showed up like last week. That's pretty cool. That That's is awesome. awesome. Yeah, we got a big box of liquor coming from Australia right now. Thank you. From halfway across the world. I know. That's Dale. Here's another shout out for you. Thank you. If it ever shows up, customs so will probably it, keep it. It took three months for that postcard to get here. Wow. Jeez. Because it, it was stamped 9-21-22 is like a postmark stamp on it. That is awesome. It, it got here after Christmas. <laughs> so. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? I know it's getting late. We're about at the hour mark. No, man. We're just sitting here chilling, talking with y'all. I reckon that, I mean, we already talked about the dog or the raccoon man and raccoon hunting and put out for any stories anybody got any raccoon hunting stories out there that just we want to hear them before they get lost to eternity exactly that's the main thing yeah i'll put all the contact stuff in the in the description below i'll give you guys uh you guys's phone number your address out all that stuff so they can get really a hold of you really quick uh but no i'll make sure all the contact stuff is down the email and everything like that Please, guys, if you got any stories at home, please share them with these guys. Uh, you know, share them to us first. But, you know, go share them, <laughs> especially if they're coon hunting based, because I can't do it. Like, I can just do the basic interview with them. I don't know anything about, like. Yeah, me either. I learned a lot today, that's I, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I guess that's like our wheelhouse, hunting with dogs. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh. Uh, and, and to be and just for, you know, people that might listen. Um, on a competition raccoon hunt, no raccoons are harvested. It's all score-based only on a wild-sanctioned hunt. So there's not a lot of coons that are going to get killed as far as in a competition hunt. They get treed, they get scored, you pull off of them, you go try to score another one. 
Hmm. Um, I, and not every coon hunter is going to kill every single coon that they treat. Some of them will. We're not just bloodthirsty murderers. <laughs> exactly. To me, is to me, it's about my dog doing and what I want him, to, what I want that dog to do, him or her. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is it's not about the kill. It's about me and that relationship, my relationship with that dog and how they perform and how they look, how they do. And pleasing me needs to be number one. And pleasing me is going and looking for a raccoon and putting it up a tree, whether I kill it or whether I don't kill it. It's the next time I turn a dog loose, I want them to go look for a raccoon, mm. period. I'm so, just checking out their picture in the background. It looks like a Sasquatch standing on a cliff, maybe, from behind. I'll show you all, I'll show you all the stuff here in a minute. Yeah, uh, that's it. Like what I said, we're not bloodthirsty. We're no. not just out to kill. Till turkey I, season rolls around. <laughs> Till turkey season rolls. Then you're bloodthirsty animals. Yeah. <laughs> Carrying a turkey out his teeth out of the woods. <laughs> no. Ohio has like six turkeys, so we don't hunt them. <laughs> uh, but no, so I told you guys before the show... We have our tradition how we end all of our episodes with guests. Basically, I'm going to count down for three. We're all going to scream by and our outro will play. And that'll be it. So if you guys are good with it, we'll do that. We're good with it. All right. Three, two, one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash CryptoTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.